What's up, guys? Rachel Lindsay here, and I am teaming up with your favorite Ringer podcasters to deliver the Bravo drama and news that you've been craving on Morally Corrupt. It's the show about all things Bravo, from the housewives to summer house and everything in between. We'll be mentioning it all every week. Check it out on Spotify and TheRinger.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes. Jacoby, good stories this week. We say that every week, but I do feel that way. It feels a little um, bit like Conan O'Brien. Great show tonight. <laughs> you know, every know. single night. Or like, sorry to Matt Damon, we ran out of time. There's uh, always good food news every week. And this, the A1 is one of our best A1s we've ever had. Please continue. This comes to us via the Instagram post of your friend and my friend Zoe, who linked to an article from the New York Times. And well, the headline is... Do you mind if I interrupt yes. and give her credentials? She is an executive producer and showrunner of many food reality television shows, including Top Chef. Um, she's also an Emmy Award winner, so yes, shout out is. to her. Um, this article, the headline is, Caviar Bumps Are All the Rage. And caviar bumps, this is obviously a joke on cocaine. I like that there's like so much subtext in this article. I mean, that's like basically, that's just text. When I saw the headline, right? I'm like, they don't mean like bumps. Like, I think they mean bumps. Honestly, I was like, yeah, this is do. the New York Times. Like, this isn't like a Coke joke, is it? We're not doing Coke jokes in the Times, are we? And then I read it's the article and I was like, oh, we're totally not just doing the Coke joke in the headline. The whole thing is a Coke joke. The whole article is a Coke joke. So basically, fancy people, including chefs and caviar lovers, the way that they like to eat caviar is by taking a dollop, a dollop of caviar, putting it on their wrist, like where you, one might put the salt after a tequila shot and, and like basically slurping it up from their hand. So they're not snorting the caviar, but they are doing what they call a bump. Um, I don't think this sounds appealing, but I, I know that I'm not refined enough to understand the nuances and delicacies of caviar. Well, I don't but, think refined, I don't think eating off your own hand as a utensil <laughs> is refined. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not sure that like, I'm not refined enough to use my hand as a fork, spoon, or plate isn't necessarily accurate. Okay, thank you. I'm not fancy enough. That's what it is. I'm not, I'm not rich enough. Maybe I just should be more direct about it. Yeah. 
I'm just not rich enough for caviar. So this didn't really resonate for me. But I did love all of the drug references and also just sort of like the world it was creating of like high-end art festivals Mm -hmm. and high-end meals in Miami and on the Mediterranean. And I was like, I would like to be in this world, so maybe I should think about it. But um, there's a few reasons why they do it. One of them is because if you, to quote... uh, this woman from the article whose name is Kristen Shirley, the founder of La Patiala, a luxury lifestyle website. <laughs> she said, if you put caviar on blinis or chips or put chives or red onion on it, it masks the flavor. Why are you eating something that costs $200 an ounce just for it to taste like a red onion? It's a great point. It is a good point. But why are you eating yeah, great it point. off your hand? Anyway. That's my second question. <laughs> I guess to like be hardcore. So one other thing that's kind of like coursing through this and I kind of know about from Top Chef is like there is a hard partying aspect of chefs and like food culture. No. Did you know that? I know it's shocking. People who work at night and get off work at At four in the morning and then go to after hours bars that stay open until nine. (laughs) And no, and like most people are asleep and like not around. I know it's so shocking. It's so hard to believe. So I think that's like the clear drug tie-in. But what I wanted to mention that Zoe posted, so again, shout out to Zoe, is she was saying like, this isn't new. Like this has been happening for a long time. Like all chefs have known this essentially. And so this is just like a New York Times, you late trend piece. Oh, good for Zoe. And I'm also late saying you late. (laughs) No one knows chefs like Zoe knows chefs. In her phone, she has many, many, many chefs of Top Chef alumni. And I have eaten dinners at her apartment that have been private chefed by top chef chefs and i'm telling you these people can cook Ugh, so lucky but i, I feel will like say this yes why do it off your hand i just feel like this is the kind of thing we're gonna see on the next season of billions it's just like something yes. you do it's like exactly it's like they go to like some secret restaurant and they get on the private jet before they got on the jet someone's like hey let's do a bump and they just do like a bump of caviar just because they can <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it's like these billionaires wearing like really like ratty t-shirts and ripped jeans and it's like just part of like the lifestyle caviar itself not that good it's fine i, I just i feel like i can't even comment like i just so like I, it's so outside of my range the return on so. investment just isn't there you know, it's it's like, I agree. it's just not there. It's like, what is the difference between a a forty dollar bottle of wine and a four hundred dollar bottle of wine? I don't know, <laughs> not much. What's the difference between a forty dollar pair of sunglasses and a four hundred dollar pair of sunglasses? Not much. I think the discrepancy in sunglasses is smaller than the discrepancy in wine. I actually, I do feel like I could taste a shitty wine, but sunglasses, I don't know. I I don't buy expensive ones anymore. Just twenty dollars or less. You let's can, move on. Next do it. article. Other end of the spectrum. <laughs> An Arizona man has used a sweltering desert heat of his home state to reportedly cook burgers and steaks and even bake a cake inside his 200 degree car. I just quoted an article from the New York Post. This is about a man named Joe Brown, who is from Phoenix, who posted to his TikTok that his inside his car got so hot in Phoenix that instead of using conventional cooking ovens like a barbecue or an oven, he just put food in his car and then ate it. He allegedly showed, quote, proof. I'm doing air quotes. You all can't see that it was 203.4 degrees in his car. But I'm like, dude, how can you even function to like be alive inside your car for a second if that's true? So I don't. I have a lot of questions about this. I'm going to need to see a live demo to, to believe it. But he allegedly cooked a steak on a pan. He 
uh, put like a like a full like cake in there, as I mentioned, and just let it cook. But this can't be real, can it? Oh, it can absolutely be real. I believe that the temperature can get up to 200 degrees. However, I, I believe that he cooked this food in his car. I believe those are all facts, and I believe he posted it on social media. Here's what I don't believe, that it tasted okay. good. Did you look at this food? The steak looked yeah, so disgusting. Nasty. The steak looked like it was, it looked like someone, like it literally looked like someone just left a steak out on a hot day yeah. and then ate it. Was it cooked by it looked steak. disgusting. Yeah. Like, yes, can you cook a steak in your car? Yes. Great job by you. Would, I don't know, maybe pan frying it, grilling it, or baking <laughs> it be a better option, which are all available to you, Joe Brown. Maybe you should have done that. Like, yeah, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something, which is why I hated this through and through. I hated it so much, I almost read this thing twice. It, it's, like, just so ridiculous. I don't know. I do like TikTok food trends. I like TikTok recipes a lot. But this one, I was just like, this is this is clearly fake. I, I don't, I don't No, I don't, so. I don't even know if it was fake. I'm, I'm going to say that it is real. It gets that hot in Phoenix. It really does get that hot, especially with the, the, the magnifying glass vibe with the car and the window. Yeah, it seemed like he sure. put it in, like, uh, in the back, behind the back seat. In the back window, that was what I was. I was going like, where in the car is he doing this? The steak in oh, particular, I it was the front window on the dash, on the dash, either one. The steak in particular yeah. was was appalling to me. And there's a video of him like also, cutting like, the steak. It was so disgusting. It didn't. Even, it it's looked like so a, gross. It looked great. It looked like the Night King. It looked like he like like took a piece of the Night King and ate it. That's what it looked like to me. Really. Just disgusting stuff. Joe Brown, I, I need some more proof, though. Like, let me see what you're really made of. You seem of, very man. skeptical of Joe Brown's methods. I really am. I really, really am. Because I, I just feel like this is such like a trope. Like, in the movie um, Father of the Bride Part 2, they, like, cook. It's, like, so hot in the movie when they're, like, pregnant that they cook an egg on the ground. And that's, like, a thing that people always joke about. Like, it's so hot you could cook an egg. So I just feel like he's making a mockery of a, of a silly turn of phrase. I'm offended. I'm all for non-traditional ways of cooking things, but not when the results are disgusting. Like, that's what I look like. I'm looking yeah. at Joe Brown. I'm like, yeah, sure. You did this. Good job. High five. You're like, why? But why? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You have a grill. You live in Arizona. You have a grill in your backyard. Use that to cook the steak, not your car. Is there any food that you would want to have cooked like this? Like, can you think of any food where you'd be like, yeah, I'll eat that after it's been sitting in my 200 degree snail no. car. For and her. also this, I'm thinking the first thing I thought when I saw the steak in the dashboard or back of the car, soon to be determined, I was thinking to myself, your car must stink because it's got to oh, take yeah. like two hours to cook that thing at 200 degrees. Like I was just thinking like, dude, this is not only does it taste disgusting, like getting in your car, like imagine you just like run to the store to like grab some water or gas or whatever. Like that car must be so smelly. And he didn't season the steak appropriately either. No, not at all. There's no sauce at all. It's just gross. Nothing. I think a Rice Krispie treat is the only thing I'd be willing to cook in my 200-degree You know car. what, Juliet? Of all people in the world, only you could think of something that would be appropriate <laughs> to cook inside of a car. And I can't... I don't even have a retort. A Rice Krispie treat is absolutely appropriate to be cooked inside of a car. I, I, there's nothing that came to mind. When you asked me the question, you did the thing where, like, I'm going to ask the question that I want someone to ask me, and you did a great job. I couldn't think of a single thing that I'd rather have cooked in a car than in oven, but Rice Krispie Treat is the only thing in the world that works in this scenario. The only thing. 
I think it's because it's already like pretty hot and close to being done when you put it into the pan. Exactly. So there's not it that doesn't much need baking. that much. It's already delicious. It's marshmallows and rice krispies. Like we just need just any way you cook no to it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, Julia? You're amazing. Twenty minutes. How, how does your brain even think of these things? I don't know. It just somehow got there. All right, let's move on. This comes to us from The Guardian. Here's the headline. This is one of the most ridiculous articles. I need to like talk to someone at The Guardian, a, a periodical. I, I love, no, no, no. The headline itself is the entire story and I'm just going to let it breathe. We're going to have a moment of silence after the headline just so we can just appreciate <laughs> okay. it and let the listeners just like soak it in. Coffee drinkers may be at lower risk of early death, study suggests. Lower risk of death. Like, I think the risk of death is 100%, don't you? Like, I think we're all, I mean, tell me if I'm We're wrong. all going to die. Works, Julia? Like, we're all dying, right? Like, I, okay, this is a fairly long article, right? The second to last paragraph says, <laughs> in an accompanying editorial, Dr. Christine Wee, deputy editor of the journal, this medical journal in which this was published, agreed that the findings were not conclusive, but she added, it did appear that drinking coffee, whether unsweetened or with modest amount of sugar, was probably not harmful for most people. So it's like, yeah, we've learned nothing. Thank yeah, you so like, much. Like we, have, we have the findings aren't conclusive, <laughs> but I always like that findings aren't conclusive. But this was actually a plant by Big Sugar. That's what I read. Mm. Have you noticed how many times the sugar and sweetener was was like named in this article? Yeah, I believe absolutely. this is Big Sugar. This is like the Dominoes of the world. This is Big Sugar trying to incept us that putting sugar in your coffee is okay. And I contend that you do not need sugar in your coffee. I, I agree. I, I go. I used to have sugar. You and I, uh, as previously discussed, used to have lunch together, and then we'd about two hour two hours later, we'd get coffee at the farm. R.I.P. No longer there at L.A. Live. And I distinctly remember the day. I used to get Splenda in my coffee, and it was gross. And one day, I think it was about 2013, I just went cold turkey. I just stopped. And now I've never looked back. I've never looked back. I love my perfect, you know, I, I'm constantly in search for my perfect iced coffee, you know, sweetener. And, like, it's one of my favorite beverages. So, yeah, no, no sweetener needed. It's not needed. A little extra milk will be fine. You don't do not need the sweetener. But I but when you read this article, it's like, first of all, it seems like every month they come out with bad thing for you is actually good for you. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like and heroin is actually like so really good for your eyesight. It's like, well, probably, probably not a net positive heroin, you know, like probably not a net positive. I I have an, an alternate theory, though. I really like yours. That this is this was a study sponsored by Big Sugar. This is in The Guardian, a UK publication. And mm. they're really snobby about how they take their tea and coffee there. Good and point. so I think the emphasis on sugar is also like uh, people trying to like fight back and be like, listen, don't judge me just because I put sugar in my coffee. Like, whatever. Although the real snobbiness is between people who drink a black and anywhere else. People who drink a black are just like, psychos. no milk for me. Psychos. Well, Absolute I, psychos. I don't get it. Did you I see know, there's I one just... thing that was like 98 million cups of coffee are drank. And I was like, oh, in the world. They're like, no, no, in the UK a day. And I was thinking to myself, like, wait, how big is the United Kingdom? How many people are in the United Kingdom? And it's how many cups of big, coffee? Honestly. I was about to say, like, our producer is going to Google how many human beings live in the United Kingdom. I, and I, I know I, the I, answer. It's 66 million. So wait, so we're doing like 1.5 cups of coffee per person <laughs> in the highest tea consuming society that I can think of? I'm going to say, well, I think again, it's... not true. Sometimes I look at facts. I'm just like, not true. Not true. I just want to say we need to represent for Asia. I think That's China fair. That's fair. and India. That was the first thing I was thinking is- when I said that. Sometimes I'm just wrong, but I like to like be like strong <laughs> wrong. And but even when I said that, I was like, yeah, probably, <laughs> maybe not. The highest. But how about per capita? Highest in- drinking per capita 
No, it's gotta be India, man. It's it's gotta be India. And first of all, it has a ton of people, and like tea is foundational. I mean, the British Empire was getting tea from India. (laughs) Great point. Great point. point. I'm just loud wrong. I'm sorry. Strong wrong. wrong. I'm very wrong. Very strong wrong right now. (laughs) But I I can't even stick to it. That's how wrong I am. Anyway, they're snobby in the UK is the point. So that might be what's going on here. But I just think this article is so ridiculous. And it's just like, yeah, keep doing you. That's this, It could have been one sentence or maybe three. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a bumper study. sticker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, don't worry about it. YOLO. Do you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carry four, on. Four letters, YOLO. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what the headline should be? It's like a play on the British thing. Drink coffee and carry on. Duh. We nailed Duh. it. That's the whole story. Duh. Okay. Great. Let's move on to our next story. I've got questions about this one. This is from Food and Wine. And allegedly, movie theaters are in trouble because there's a popcorn shortage looming. And Jacoby, did you read this one? Of course. I read every single one every single week. That was rude of me to even ask. I apologize. No, that's a total lie. Total lie. I read like the first two paragraphs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this article explains that, yes, there could be a corn shortage and a canola oil shortage because of supply chain issues and like all the different things we know about. But the real issue right now is they don't have enough liners for the popcorn bags. Like they can't get a serving utensil that's like economic for movie theaters. And that's why there could be a popcorn shortage, not because of like farming issues. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like that. As a turn, I didn't see coming. I was like, oh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, okay, cool. Well, it's one of those things like impending shortages don't bother me. It's like when I go to the movie theater and they're like, sorry, we don't have popcorn, then it'll be a problem. But right now, as someone who went to the movies this weekend, there was plenty of popcorn, tons of popcorn there. So it's like, don't talk to me about like, oh, maybe this fall there'll be no popcorn because there's going to be popcorn in the fall. I'm, I'm again, it could be a fact, but I'm saying not a fact, not true. There'll be plenty of popcorn for everyone. How was your return to the movies, Jacoby? You were a really like you were visionary many, many years ago. You were advocating for high end movie theaters that had a lot more options just beyond the regular yes. concessions, which now yes. now are commonplace. I've only been to one movie in like two plus years. And I'm curious, like, how, what was your experience like? Are you going to go back for more? Oh, I have kids and I go to the movies all the time because I have kids. It's a great way to just like just not deal with your kids for two hours. You want a slushy? You want some popcorn? Oh, okay. Cool. And there's just like two hours of nothingness. My wife thinks I'm parenting. I'm not. I'm just sitting in a chair, falling asleep, kicking back. I, I do love a good movie nap. It's a great time. But you have to bring a really big scarf with you to use as a blanket. What? <laughs> okay, Juliet. I always fall asleep. Juliet, you've known me for how long now? <laughs> like uh, 11 years. And four of those were in Los Angeles. So we'll take those out. How many times have you ever seen me with a scarf? Zero. There's no reason to have a scarf. Scarves are bullshit. (laughs) Scarves are useless. It's like, I want this huge piece of cloth to keep my neck warm. Like, what are we doing here? Get a hood. I'm actually... Do not need a scarf. I'm actually very... I'm very unfamiliar with your relationship to cold weather because I feel like you don't really complain about it. But like every time I saw you come in this past winter, I was like, huh, he's underdressed. He must be cold. Like I just. I run hot. I don't, I'm very sweaty and I run hot and I don't get cold easily. But I think scarves are bullshit. I, I've never believed in scarves. I've just never, no, never right. gotten it. I've never There's, gotten the scarf You're so wrong. Thing. You're so wrong. Have you ever owned a coat heavier than a, um, a pea coat? Yes. Yes, ma'am. I have winter coats. 
And I take offense that you even them. asked that question. Second of all, let's get back to this big scarf. You're going to the movies. You're like, let me get my big scarf. That's called a yeah. fucking blanket. That's not a scarf. It's like, how <laughs> yeah, big is this exactly. scarf? What is the width of this <laughs> scarf large. that you're using as a blanket? How do you cover your whole body? Like, I mean, you, you have a movie scarf at home? You, you have a movie scarf. Like, oh, I'm going to see Top Gun. Let me get my movie scarf out of the closet. I have this one awesome scarf that I got at Zara a few years ago with our mutual friend, Deirdre Fenton. And I love it. It's huge. It's stylish. And it's great for the movies. I'm always, I always fall asleep. I'm also always cold in the movies. So <laughs> when I used to go, I've only seen like two movies. I, I just remember another one. In the last so movies two are just years. chill naps for you. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's, it's, like, paying, it's a it's chill place a for a nap. Yeah. 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 And especially if you can like recline. Maybe not popcorn in the fall. Who knows? We would supply issues. Yeah. Warren Ukraine, no popcorn. Should we move into our taste test? Already? Yeah. We only got 10 minutes left. We always go over. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm just trying to respect your time. No, I mean, I mean, there's, can can we do some like, let's do some rapid fire. Let's breeze through some topics rapid fire. Okay. I like some of these. Maybe this is. New segment? New segment on the fly. <laughs> on air development. <laughs> you are taking behind the curtain. Rapid fire. Let's finish up these topics. Quick takes. Okay. Go. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the Velveeta nail polish. When okay. you see the headline Velveeta nail polish, you're like, this is terrible. What does melted cheese, processed melted cheese have to do with my nails? And then you see the pictures in the article. You're like, that looks pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good nail art. I was like, those are good nails. Like, It's one of those things, you read the headline, you're like, this is a complete bullshit, just PR thing. And then you look at the nails, you're like, yeah, those are pretty good. The only thing is, though, it will be really hard to make it look even remotely as good at home. I mean, like, good luck. Basically, what you do is you paint your nails, then you add stickers, right? And like, but that's yeah. going to be really hard. As good someone luck. who's never painted his own nails in his entire life, I did like the stickers. I thought the whole thing was pretty good. And I also want to give a big shout to Brielle Beerman, who somehow had food poisoning, it documented it all, got hospitalized. And I was just thinking to myself, I remember you from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like you were a child. And of now course, like, yes. now you getting food poisoning, something I had, what, like three months ago? It's a national news story covered by Ten People Magazine. Minutes. Good for her. Good for We've her been through a, for a being lot spoken about on food news. As a child, I used to see on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I wanted to talk about another one. I'm, I'm glad you made us do this. I, I was wrong. Um. Uber Eats is going to start shipping go- uh, gourmet yes. food yes. nationwide. Mike, how much do you wish you knew about this when you had the, the bagel bagels? That's the first thing I thought about was the bagels. <laughs> I was just like, there's so much more efficient ways. Companies are, are investing hundreds of millions of dollars in more efficient ways to get bagels to Atlanta than Mike Wargon. <laughs> Oh my God. It's, I, that was the first thing I thought of too. Also, I just want to add, this is, this is not really personal food news, but I'm currently in Los Angeles where I'm here for work. And I saw people, I saw like multiple people bringing LaVan cookies on the plane with them from New York to LA. And again, I just want to note people, that's something that ships nationwide. And it's not like you're preserving that like warm freshness no. by picking it up at the store and then bringing it on the plane. Order it fucking online. They're, it's just like so crazy. but. Whatever. Uber Eats. Also, also we had the Taco Bell thing. Let's talk about the Taco Bell, the futuristic Taco Bell, where you go to the drive-thru and you use the kiosk to order, and then your food comes via an elevator. I'm like, this is not different than the regular Taco Bell experience. This is not the future. This is, it doesn't read your mind and like, and like custom, or like take a blood sample and then custom make a meal for you. It's just the exact same experience. Instead of talking to a person, it's delivered via an elevator. It is not any different. 
LA has, I've seen this before I moved. LA has like these like delivery bots like that just like are basically a box on wheels. And like, I, I didn't really know how it works, but it's like a hands-free bo- robot that delivers your food to you. So like, they're not even first to do this. This is an existing technology. Wait, wait, wait. But you have to go to the establishment to get the delivery no. bot. It comes no. to your home? It, com- it comes to you. I don't no, no, really no. understand no, no, it. No, 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 no. You're trying to tell me. <laughs> That there's like just like uh, driverless robots that go to your home and yes. like ring your doorbell and then they're sitting outside. Yes. Uh, How does I don't this know is if it not rings true. your doorbell? You are lying you to me an, about this. I think you get a notification via app. Not but... true. None of this is true. Because why don't they just get why don't they get murked on the way there? If I was hungry and I saw a robot driving by with a delicious <laughs> meal, I would just take it. I need to find the name of this thing. It'll be a food news follow up next week. I promise food you. News I, it's real. It's this real. is not real. I if I had a baseball bat and I was hungry, I would I would I would thwart this effort so quickly. Oh, it's called Coco. Let me look it up for you right now. This is live research, people. It's like a weird thing. I've seen it. Yeah, they have it in Santa Monica. No way. Why don't you yeah, just take called- a baseball bat to it and eat? CocoDelivery.com. This this do not Here. invest in this. Do not invest there's in an, this. There's a whole article about 15 it in the Los Angeles Times. No chance. Yeah. No chance. This is just not, no, no, this is no, no. I'm telling you, it's real. There's a couple of Silicon Valley bros that are convincing us that this is a thing. This is not a thing. It's a cooler that drives around on itself. That's easily, easily robbable. Like I, I would feel guilty robbing a person. I would not feel guilty robbing this robot cooler. Food delivery robots. There's even an article about it in New York one. It's coming to New York. New York one. Oh, wait, is Patty Kiernan yeah. involved? If Patty Kiernan and Roger Smith are involved, then I'm in. He goes in. by Pat. Unless you've met him and you know that he says Patty, I'm telling you he goes by Pat. He's. I call him Patty K. That. He's Patty K at my house, just so you know. If Patty K is involved, <laughs> if Patty K co-signs it, then I'm in. But otherwise, this seems really dumb. Really, really dumb. Okay, well, it's coming soon. Just keep your eye out for it. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. I think it's time for the food, for the uh, the taste test, which is, I'm very excited about this one because I feel like sometimes we taste things that sound delicious, and this is like a real sacrifice we're making for our listeners. We are sacrificing our taste buds, our calorie intake for you, the listeners. We're really, this is really like a service for you. Yeah, so we're both trying zero sugar candies from the Hershey's company. I'm trying the regular Hershey's bar. You are trying peanut butter cups, I believe. Mm -hmm. My package says on the front, not a low-calorie food. See nutrition information for total fat, saturated fat content. Okay, I'm going to look at it. The pieces aren't that small. Four of these are 130 calories. That's what I did the math too. And I was like, wait a second. So mine says 3.5 of these are 110. So we're looking at like 30 calories a piece. This can't be good. That's great. It cannot taste good. Yeah, It It can't taste good. You want aspartame? Aspartame. Aspartame free. 
Aspartame free. Not a low Aspartame calorie food. Aspartame is like in sweet and low. Okay, this is interesting. I'm really interested in this because the whole idea of a, a peanut butter cup is it's like a, I'm cheating now. I'm eating something think, that's bad for me. It's like yeah. a whole concept. It's like, um, this isn't broccoli, okay? It's a peanut butter cup. I don't need like a healthy peanut butter cup. I sometimes buy like a low calorie lemonade. That is functional to me. It's like, all right, it tastes similar. Hydrating. It's hydrating. It's like, it, it tastes similar. My kids will drink. It's like, okay, this is a low calorie lemonade. That's a product that I want. I do not want a low calorie peanut butter cup. Honestly. No. Also, I think we can all agree that peanut butter cup is a, is a top shelf candy. So like it's pretty sacred among the minds of many. Oh, great point. Great point. Dude, calling a peanut butter cup sacred is like, that's the real essence of this <laughs> podcast. It really is. That, that's like the core values of this podcast in one sentence. It's, the peanut butter cup is sacred. It is a sacred thing that does it not is. need to be trifled take, with. And I'm about and to taking taste. the sugar out. Is, I'm going to taste mine too. I'm going to taste a sugar-free. Oh, you already, you already jumped on it. I, it's like melting in my hand. I have to. Okay, got you. <laughs> you share your experience um, while I experience mine. Like a lot of artificially sweetened items that don't have sugar, it has a weird aftertaste. And the texture's a little funky. I'm going the other way. That said. I'm going the other way. That said. That was a peanut butter calories. cup. I just Ooh, ate really? a peanut butter cup. Because I think this, you have the plain chocolate, which is a different mm -hmm. flavor. It relies on the sugar to carry it. But when you have the peanut butter flavor, which you can sort of assimilate with other chemicals, that was a peanut butter cup. Blind taste test, this and a peanut butter cup, I promise mm -hmm. you won't even know the difference. I came into this very skeptical. I'm coming out of this very, very inspired by this candy. This is, this is, Interesting. this is a new wave. I've been touched. Can you do me a favor? No. Mike, can you do me a favor? <laughs> Mike's saying yes. I want to try those next week. Can you put them in the freezer? Because I want to try it frozen. These are good. I just ate a peanut butter okay. cup. If you gave these away to me yeah. on Halloween, I would not know the difference whatsoever. Yes, I do still try mine, mine have left a weird taste in my mouth. But again, I, I think this could be better frozen. And I think for the amount of calories, the 30, 30 and change, I would take it. Well, I also think that you've got pure chocolate is a different sort of like flavor. There's nothing else there. Yeah. I think the peanut butter really carries this because the peanut butter flavor overwhelms the weird aftertaste that I'm now experiencing a I, little bit. I also will say the fact that they have, this has 10 grams of fat and four, which I think is good. Like you need to have, you need to have some, uh, some fat in your, in your sweets. Oh, this right. has, this has eight grams of fat, but that's per that's good. three pieces. That's three pieces. Yeah. If you have one piece of this, you're good. This is a good product. I, I honestly, I bought this like this is going to be disgusting. It's like Coke to Diet Coke. The difference between Diet Coke and Coke is so much. Different the drinks. gap is so much wider not than even these the, two. Not even the same. Different drinks. Yeah, it's totally. a completely different beverage. I would say the gap between Diet Coke and Coke is two a million minutes. miles. The difference between zero sugar Reese's and actual Reese's is like a block and a half. Honestly, like we're we're like <laughs> we're very close to the hole here. This is a good product. <laughs> I, I really did not expect this to be the result you of this taste like test. You are excited. I know. I am. I'm, this is a very, very enthusiastic Jacoby. I want more of these. All right. We have okay. one minute for personal food news. You go first. I recently did mine already. It was about the Levan cookies on the plane. So you you do yours. How many of your, your personal food news are going to be about traveling food? This has become an obsession of yours. But you paused well, the show one time. It took two weeks to think about it and then gave us a follow-up. <laughs> and now, it's, again, it's about, new, it's about food on the plane. People take food on planes, Juliet. I've been traveling a lot. I guess, like, yeah, I learned that. I mean, I can come up with some other personal food news, but I want to give you the floor. Go ahead. 
My son turns nine today as we're taping this. Shout to Quincy. And he gets to go wherever he wants. So he picks the restaurant. He picked Dallas Barbecue Times Square. Now, if you don't live in New York City, Dallas Barbecue is a chain. It's kind of all over the place. It is, it, it, it's a chain. It's like fast food barbecue, basically. And uh, my wife this morning, not a morning person, spent like 20 minutes Googling other barbecue places that we could possibly go to that were like, you know, Dinosaur Barbecue, Virgil's Barbecue, this one in Hoboken that's great, Mighty Quinn's, Blue Smoke, all of these barbecues in the city just trying to pitch Quincy. And she spent like 20 minutes on this. And at the end of it, he's like, bro, I'm going to Dallas Barbecue in Times Square. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's where I'm going. So this evening, my family will be at Dallas Barbecue, Times Square. Is it the Times Square aspect of it? Like, why does he want to go there? Does he want to go to Dave and Buster's after? Like, what's the play here? First of all, we've texted about going to Dave and Buster's after, and I think that might be part of it. <laughs> but I just, last time we had, we went to Dallas Barbecue and we ordered wings and I tasted them. And like, these are disgusting. Like, they're mm. bad wings. It's hard to do bad wings. And he was like, these are the best wings I've ever had in my life. He's very oh hyperbolic when it comes to food. Yeah. So that'll be, that's my personal food news. I'll be eating Dallas Barbecue tonight in Times Square. I think that's fitting. Considering that your birthday dinner was at Benihana, I feel like this is like kind of like all goes together. It, it makes sense to me. If there's even 1% of Benihana slander in that sentence, we're canceling this podcast. It's not. It's acknowledging commonalities between Dallas Barbecue and Benihana. There are none. And, and you know what? Two- I, I don't like that tone, Juliet. I feel like you. <laughs> I feel like you have thoughts, negative thoughts about Benihana that you're not expressing. That I'm not allowed to speak into this microphone. I love no, Benihana. I, I don't. Everything about it. I like it. I actually am like neutral. I don't have a strong opinion, but I just think that like you have established this rubric where for your birthday meal you go to a famous chain in Midtown of Manhattan. I guess so. so. He's following suit. He's can like I finish? Like can son. I finish this podcast? We're already in overtime with my Benihana story. One have time, you told it already? I probably have. One time I met Benihana. I go downstairs to get our coats. It's just a sea of people, very diverse crowd. Okay. But there's one man, looks like me, walking right towards me, alone. I'm alone <laughs> as well. We meet eyes. It is none other. In Benihana, in Midtown Manhattan, by himself, Paul McCartney. <laughs> That's really good. I thought you said he looked like you. So I thought it was going to be like I meant your white brother person. or something. I meant white person. Yeah. That's what oh. I meant. I meant white person. <laughs> it was just me. That's Paul a really McCartney. weird way of saying it. You're <laughs> yeah, a <yeah>. nutcase. <laughs> yeah. Paul McCartney up in Benihana. Oh. Did he dine alone? Did he have a group he was with? I have no idea. But going alone That's to amazing. Benihana is one of the more craziest things I've ever heard. And I feel like Paul McCartney would do that. Imagine if you That's like, incredible. Imagine staff. you're sitting there at your nine person table. You've got a group of seven, and there's like that one empty spot. And then Paul McCartney's like on third base at the blackjack table. Just like, Paul hey guys, McCartney. we getting shrimp? What are we getting? I don't think he's done anything solo in his like the last 50 years, but we can discuss that another oh, time. Wow. What a hot take to finish with. <laughs> Thank you so much to Mike Wargon for producing this episode. And we'll be back in person together next week. Have a great one.